Hello, and welcome to Thrive, a podcast that gives you strategies and inspiration to help you live your best life. Learn from us, two cancer survivors, as we show you how we don't just survive, but thrive. Hi, I'm Dara Kurtz, creator of CrazyPerfectLife.com, a place to go to help you find meaning each day, and author of the book, Crush Cancer, the book I needed when I heard those terrifying words, you have cancer, available on Amazon. Hi, I'm Garth Callahan. I am a seven-ton cancer thriver. But more importantly, I am also the original napkin notes dad. I've been writing notes to my daughter, Emma, and sticking them into her lunch ever since kindergarten. This episode is sponsored by the Art of Living Retreat Center and specifically our retreat, How to Thrive, which is going to be May 3rd through 5th at the Art of Living Retreat Center in Boone, North Carolina. We are so excited to host this beautiful retreat, and we have such an incredible schedule planned for everyone. Um, So it will be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We have specific program times. We have Friday night from 7.30 to 9, and then we have Saturday in the morning, 8 to 8.45 with a morning meditation, and then another session from 9.30 to 12.30. And then we have from 5.15 to 6.15, another very special event. And then on departure day, which is Sunday, we have from 8 to 8.45, a morning meditation, and then another session from 9.30 to 12.30. So we are super excited about all that we are going to be offering from a clear understanding of your priorities and identifying what brings you joy and contentment to helping you figure out what's holding you back and releasing them to really looking at your attitude and learning positive self-talk. We're going to talk about creating your personal mantra, lots of meditation techniques, how you can bring that into your life, and really looking at what you want in your life and really how you can get it. So please join us. The sign-up link will be in the show notes. So Dara, we seem to have a lot of free time scheduled for this particular retreat. Why is that? Yeah, you know what? I am so glad you asked that because last time we did this retreat, we did not have as much free time. And that was like the one thing that people kept saying was they wanted to take advantage of all the amazing things that are offered at the Art of Living Retreat Center. And so we listened to everyone and people basically are going to be done every day at 1230 and they can do any of the classes that are offered, lots of cool yoga classes, meditation classes, nature walks. They even have like a really cool pottery art place that people can go to and take a pottery class. And then there's really interesting evening programs. So when you go to the Art of Living Retreat Center, you can take advantage of all of this. The one thing people kept saying was they felt like they wanted to take more advantage of some of these things. So it's all built into the schedule. Or you don't have to do anything. You can just go back to your room and take a rest and listen to your body and do whatever works for you. So more free time. Absolutely. And there's so much to do at this retreat center. It would be a shame to go there and just focus on one particular retreat. And we want to make sure that Dara and I are available for one-on-one sessions. Obviously, we'll be eating our meals there. And so please sign up and take advantage of all that the Art of Living Retreat Center has to offer. 
Yeah, spaces are limited. It's actually, there's a lot going on and you definitely want to be able to pick the room that you want to have. So if you're interested at all, check it out, sign up soon. We are so excited and it's going to be great. We'll see you then. We are so happy to have Kimberly Rossi from the Art of Living Retreat Center as our guest today. Kimberly has been studying, practicing, and teaching yoga, meditation, pranayama, and Ayurvedic since 1998, and she has found these ancient techniques to make sense and help the body, and is here today to explain all of this to us. Welcome, Kimberly. We are so glad to have you today. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be with you. So tell us a little bit about the ancient techniques in Ayurvedic that you love and how you found they help the body. Sure. So Ayurveda's purpose is to heal and maintain the quality and longevity of our life through diet, through lifestyle and herbs. And I've always been into fitness and then yoga and eating healthy, but found the Ayurveda principles, particularly the pacifying diets and the daily routine to really give me more energy to make my mind more sharp and clear. And I'd like to think expand radiance. (laughs) That sounds so interesting. And oh, I'm so excited to hear about all of these. And I know our listeners would love to hear about some of your favorites and kind of walking us through a daily routine, like some of these practices that they can incorporate in their lives. Let's start with uh, bedtime. You know, it was so interesting. Recently, I got to be in the company of an MD talking about healthy lifestyle. And right now, it's an exciting time because while Ayurveda has arrived to the West, Western medicine is really doing a lot of research on Ayurveda and it's becoming really parallel. So it's so 15 years of studying the science to now hear doctors support these principles. And she said that the best hours to sleep are between 10 and 2, 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And Ayurveda has been saying that for 5,000 years. (laughs) That is because it's the time where the body is in a time of rest, but utilizing a lot of energy to rejuvenate the internal organs and balance all of the systems in the body, like the central nervous system the adrenals, the endocrine system. While we do want to get enough sleep, the hours are even more important, and that's between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And she also said, which I loved, was that 42 minutes before sunrise, there is the most oxygen available. And Ayurveda says to rise before the sun, you will have more energy throughout the day than rising after, that it's the freshest, purest time of the day. And the word that we use is prana, life force energy. So I thought that that was so fun that she was saying that. And, you know, yeah, I've noticed lately what you said is so true that it feels like finally Ayurveda, it is like being talked about a lot in not just like spas and yoga places, but it feels like it is being talked about everywhere right now, which is super cool. And I love that you said go to bed by 10 and get up before the sun rises and 
I feel like a lot of research is being done on that as well. But for you personally, do you get into bed every night at 10 o'clock or do you say, okay, if I need to be sleeping by 10, I'm going to get into bed at 930. And then do you check what time the sun is going to be rising because it changes? So I'm just curious, like, how does that work in terms of like living what these practices are? You know, we make choices, Um, you know, and Ayurveda says 90% of disease starts with poor digestion. And we are the ones that choose the foods and put the fork to our mouth. So we can also say that 90% of imbalance or disease is based on our poor choices. And so our choices are very important. And they affect our health, they affect our happiness and the quality of our life. And so there's a choice. Do I want to wake up fresh, well-rested and enthusiastic with a high amount of sustainable energy throughout the day? Or I'll sign on on for that. (laughs) Or do I want to have a couple of glasses of wine, stay up late, you know, and wake up feeling not my freshest and best? And so while that might be a silly example, it is a a real example. And while I tend to do this daily routine more than 90% Mm -hmm. of the week, Ayurveda says to do it more than 50% and you can feel better and feel a difference. I tend to be a very early morning riser. I typically don't look at sunrise. I'm up by five. And the nice thing is you can check and in winter you get a little, you know, a little bit more sleep because sunrise is a little later and in summer rise a little earlier. But I've also, I'm not just one of those students that just says, okay, I I test these things and have found it's true. The earlier I wake up, the more high quality, sustainable energy I have throughout the day. And I like that. That feels really good to wake up energized and feel energized until I start to wind down for sleep. A big part of that process is the foods we choose and the times we eat. We want to eat breakfast in Ayurveda. We eat enough breakfast to get us to lunch Lunch is the main meal of the day. And as Americans, sometimes we're too busy to lunch. Sometimes we work through lunch. Sometimes we grab something very quick, easy, or fast. We really want to schedule lunchtime and have a large, beautiful, well-balanced, fresh meal. And then we eat enough at lunch to get us to supper. And supper supplemental. It's slightly lighter than lunch. And I noticed that when I take the time for lunch and it's a well-planned meal, I don't have any valleys, any dips in my energy around that three o'clock, four o'clock where people might need to reach for a tea or a chocolate or a coffee. And then we don't eat anything after dinner until breakfast. So it's really, it's really no snacking. It is, if we must snack in Ayurveda, we eat fruit. Fruit is eaten alone. And so that is one of the best fruits if we're eating fresh 
foods high in prana that are organic, freshly cooked and in season that have all the tastes. We tend to be satiated, tend to eat enough and have energy. It's when we're grabbing that quick bar or grabbing just, you know, that quick salad at lunch that, you know, the energy, it's not enough. It's, it's not enough prana or life force energy to sustain the level that we tend to work, not only physically, but mentally. So it keeps the mind really sharp and clear and that sustainable high level of energy. So Kimberly, I have a question. I, I am a long-term cancer patient. I was, I had to do daily chemotherapy for four and a half years. I currently am doing a monthly immunotherapy and I will be brutally honest, and and our listeners know this, eating for me has been problematic. It's getting better because of my current treatment program, but I genuinely don't get a sense of hunger most times that people would sit down for a meal. And my biggest challenge right now is I don't get hungry at all in the morning. No matter what happens, unless I've actually skipped dinner the night before, which doesn't happen often, but occasionally it does. I'm just not hungry. And first and second meal. So I'll eat a big meal around 11 o'clock that carries me through to dinner. What would you recommend for somebody like me to just, you know, should I just go ahead and eat if I'm not hungry? Or, you know, is there a way to balance that out? Or should I just say, you know, Garth, you're being an idiot, go ahead and eat even though whatever's going on. That's a, a complex and very interesting question. And so Our Agni is our digestive fire. It's the seat of our health. And it is, uh, Ayurveda says, if we honor this Agni, we're in good health. And so these principles are created to stoke this Agni. We want this Agni not too hot, where it burns food and causes toxins. And we don't want the fire too low so that food is then uncooked, causing toxins. And when I say toxins in the digestive system, a result of those toxins is things such as flatulence, constipation, bloating after a meal, diarrhea, loose stools, acid reflux, those repeat burps that come up that are hot in nature and sometimes stinky, excess weight gain or mucus in the stools. So So by um, by the way, just like half of those things that you just mentioned are side effects from the chemo treatment. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because the Agni, the fire has, you know, it, it, the fire is, is off. And one of the most important things is to get that fire working optimally because that's the seat of health. So to answer your question, what we would suggest is if you're not hungry when you wake in the morning, have something very light, have a bowl of fresh berries, have an apple, a pear, Have a little bowl of oatmeal or kitchari, which is the Ayurvedic staple that does not require a lot to digest. That's very nourishing, easy to digest, a little bit of something. And Garth, then we would encourage you to eat your main meal a little closer to noon, ideally between 12 and 1.30, especially if that's your beautiful main meal. Would love if you can just shift that one hour because your fire is a little bit more ready to receive that big, beautiful meal and really transform that 
into beautiful, healthy flesh and blood and really utilize this for your health. And then that's perfect that you don't eat anything until dinner time. And then I love that you don't eat anything after dinner. So for you, just those two very slight adjustments, you know, on another note, I've never been a breakfast person either, never cared for it, not hungry at that time. And I'm hungry a lot of other times. So why waste my my <laughs> non-hunger food allotment when I'm not hungry? But what I noticed when I was encouraged to eat breakfast, and it took me, I was slightly resentful. I didn't want to do it. And I did it anyway. I found that I could wait until noon uh, to eat lunch and I wouldn't need or want to eat someone's arm off, you know, if I couldn't eat right at noon. And I also found that I wasn't so ravishing when I got to that lunchtime and ate a more digestible portion because a big thing about digesting well is also the portion size, making sure that we're not eating too much at a meal, just enough. So those would be just a slight tiny adjustment. Have, if you're not really hungry, have a, a little bowl of fresh fruit. Cooked would be better than raw if that was possible. A little bowl of oatmeal, a little bowl or of kitchery, something that is warm, nourishing, ideally, or light and easy to digest. I, I like that. I think one of the interesting things that I've experienced is that hunger is very fleeting for me. So I... You know, from time to time, I actually will start to feel hunger, but if I don't act on it at that point, it, it can be gone in 15 or 30 minutes and, and I may not get hungry again for a while. And I know yeah. that this is all compounded because of my treatment regimen, but the doctors and the nutritionists and the, in the medical practices, they've all been, I think they've taken me uh, as their personal challenge to, <laughs> to, to eat on a regular basis. So yeah, Kimberly, I think it's hard to, for myself, if I ate a big lunch, like let's just say, cause I've kind of gotten used to eating every three hours. I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, that's sort of, I've gotten used to that. And so, and I think a lot of people in the medical community talk about eating six smaller meals and anyway, so it would be really hard for me to eat lunch at 12 o'clock and then not really eat eat, even just if it was a piece of fruit until dinner, which I guess I would usually eat dinner like around 630. So do you have any thoughts on that? Or is it just something that your body gets used to if you eat a bigger lunch? Because I think a lot of people listening to this definitely get hungry around three o'clock. I think we just talked to a lot of people and that just does seem to be, and you mentioned it a few minutes ago, that does seem to be kind of like that magical hour where we're tired or we need to get, you know, we need like something in our bodies to kind of help us get through the rest of the afternoon. Right. That I'm glad you brought that up. So hunger is the body's sign that the fire is at a great place to receive food. So when we sit down to eat a meal, we do want to be, you know, hungry. So Garth, if you can catch that window of mm. hunger and really honor that and sit down and eat at that time, you know, four out of seven days or at least one or two out of three meals a day, 
it would be very interesting to see how that supports your health and your immune system over a period of time. Dara, you know, we do come from that background of eat more frequent, smaller meals throughout the day. There's a myth that it stabilizes the blood sugar. According to Ayurveda, it does not stabilize the blood sugar, and we are putting undigested food on top of undigested food. If you are eating, and it does take a little getting used to, because I did the same thing that you do, uh, I felt like by the time the meal came, I was so ravishing and would overeat because I felt like it was going to be so long for the next meal. But in reality, if we're eating for nourishment and we're not eating to move emotions or fill something or move something or not feel something, it is quite the cycle of nature to have your breakfast, eat enough and really be hungry and at a good hunger and eat the main meal. And if the main meal is fresh, plentiful, in season and balanced for someone with a big appetite, you can go until, you know, six o'clock, but let's say dinner for some people is pushed to 6.30 or seven, as you mentioned, then we definitely would want to bring that piece of fruit. Now it's not classical Ayurveda, but let's say we do weight training four days a week for an hour and or we do cardiovascular activity for an hour four days a week or we run five miles four days a week. Perhaps we want to do a nice, um, not a smoothie, mixing lots of different foods together, but a simple protein, you know, high quality, not processed, no chemical a uh, high quality protein with a nut milk to sustain us if lunch is early around noon and dinner's not going to be until seven and we've really utilized some energy for our physical fitness program. If we're not exercising, then we need to sort of check in and say, am I hungry because I'm at work and I'm stressed out or I'm bored or I need a little sweet because I need some pleasure or, you know, whatever it is, we really should be honest with ourselves and recognize, am I hungry, you know, or do I just want a little sweet treat or a little caffeinated something for a, a perk or because it's a habit or I'm, I'm used to it. So it's very interesting for me. It's not that afternoon time. For me, I love a little sweet something in, in the evening, and that is a great way to accumulate weight, you know, eating sweets at night before bed and accumulating weight right now is just not something I really need as I'm approaching 50, you know, but a little piece of fruit, a couple dates, a nice warm glass of nut milk with some turmeric or some uh, nutmeg, you know, if you really need something, what is it you need and why do you need it? are some, some good questions. I love everything you just said and a couple thoughts. One is 
I actually met with Kimberly in December. I took my whole family to the Art of Living Retreat Center, and we all met with Kimberly, and it was so amazing and just really, really helpful. And one of the things you told me is that, and I do have this habit of wanting to eat before I go to bed. I don't know. I just have always kind of gotten in that pattern. And so you suggested that I try to eat something like fruit or dates. And so I have been making like baked apples around that time and everyone in my family really likes that. So that's been kind of a good change instead of like eating a peanut butter sandwich <laughs> or um, which is kind of the habit that we got into or like an almond butter sandwich or something. We've been eating like a baked apple or or like you said, a few dates. And that does seem to be that's that seems to work really well for everyone. And I and bet then, your house smells fantastic. It <laughs> does. And I feel like I have some some skills, right? Like, it, yeah, it smells really good. Hey, and Dara, that, I, I want to share this with you because yeah. um, Ooh, I, I love baked apples as well. And, and oh. you know, my family has this really um, obsessive tradition of overpicking yes. apples in the fall. <laughs> um, I mean, hundreds of pounds of apples. And, um, and I discovered a kind of a baked apple mash recipe recently mm-hmm. that I loved. And it, and it's basically two ingredients. Cinnamon and apples? No. What? Apples and thinly sliced jalapeno. Ooh, I would not like that. So I hate jalapeno as well. <laughs> but what I discovered is that it has such a really nice flavor palette. And, and, the, and the jalapeno is literally like, you know, a quarter of a jalapeno and five apples. So it's, it's, it's not a tough ratio. I hate them. But I, I please try it. Okay. Um, I don't know if Kimberly is going to agree with us. <laughs> I'm sure she's kind of like going, that's going to do something to the fire in your digestive. <laughs> well, don't use the seeds, just the flesh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for the no, aside. No, that's okay. But, and then, like you said, a lot of people do exercise and you had, and, and do feel like they need to eat something after they exercise if they're not going to eat dinner for a long time. And you had kind of mentioned like a nut milk or something, but can you kind of elaborate a little bit on what would be a good snack to have after you exercise? Sure. So it's nice if we're trying to reduce our weight to exercise on an empty stomach, particularly first thing in the morning, but when's the right time to exercise whenever we can get it in. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, that's a really great time then to eat breakfast with some carbohydrate and protein and fat after exercise is, is really perfect. Another great time is before lunch. That's not always a possibility for some people or before dinner is also a great time. But let's say you're, you're getting it in and you need to eat something. There's very high qualities of pea protein, of whey protein. Again, this isn't so Ayurvedic. A piece of fruit is proper. But if we're trying to increase our protein, perhaps we're a vegetarian and we're aging. Sometimes that's uh, tricky to get in uh, enough balance of higher protein and less carbohydrates. As a vegetarian, I found that to be a very simple and lovely solution on days that I'm exercising, you know, to be fit or lifting weights. You had mentioned that we try to kind of go with the seasons and now we're in springtime. And can you talk a little bit about just some of the changes that we might make in our daily schedules now that it's springtime besides going to bed at 10 and getting up with the sun? Are there, are there any other things that 
our listeners would would benefit from hearing about now that it's kind of a shift and we're we're into this new time? Yeah, so it's it's kapha time, which is earth and water, right? The earth gets soggy, April showers bring May flowers, and mm-hmm. uh, it's still cool. It's damp. It is a time of the year where people um, tend to get a lot of mucus. It's it's breaking up from being in the body all winter. Seasonal colds and allergies. It is a good time for all of that. And so we tend to, you know, eat what's in season. Asparagus is starting to uh, wake up. So foods that are fresh and that are lighter in nature, a little less dairy, a little less meat, if you're a meat eater, and a little less sugar at this time of the year helps the body to be light and go through its sort of natural wanting to lighten up and cleanse a little bit kind of might feel like your body, if you're really in tune with it, it tends to need, you know, we just got out of winter where we may want the egg or the chicken or the turkey or a little bit heavier food, a little bit of dairy, you know, a little bit more grains. And if you really notice the body is saying, I need a little less food at this time. It doesn't need to be so heavy or grounding. It wants to lighten up. So it's really amazing when you drop your mind or your will or your desire and you ask your body, like, what do you need, body? What Mm. do you want? We tend to either get in habits of Mm. what works or what's convenient or what I want, right? Especially if my prana is low, my life force energy is low and my stress is high. Of course, we want caffeine and sugar and alcohol in those cases, perhaps the first thing when we leave work. If we're in balance, if if we're exercising, rising with the sun, if we're meditating, eating at right times, and we can check in and say, body, what is it that you need or want? It tends to be aligned. Kimberly, one of the things, and Dara, I don't know if you experienced this. One of the things I think is a real challenge for folks today is they don't know what's in season because they go to the grocery store and the grocery store has almost every fruit and every vegetable all of the time. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I have a friend, Greg. His nickname is Farmer Greg. I hope you're listening. He is, in fact, a farmer. And one of the things that he has started to do to help educate people to what's in season and to just also help them increase their vegetable intake is that he makes boxes. And in the boxes are what is in season today. So you're not going to see tomatoes in a box in January because they're not in season here. You know, I grew up in farm country, so I'm very in tune to what's available because that was what was on the farmer's stand. Today, I I genuinely think that people walk into their local grocery store and they think that everything's in season all of the time. Yeah. So buy your box from Farmer Greg, have a surprise (laughs) and, you know, Google a good recipe using that main ingredient. You know, it's funny. I used to live in Puerto Rico, was, you know, have been a vegetarian and I would be go into the grocery store and be excited to get some broccoli and there would be no broccoli, (laughs) you know? So, uh, it is interesting to know what's in season and what is not, but most important to, you know, buy 
fresh, local, even if it's just not in season and organic fruits and vegetables as the foundation, and then add a tiny bit of grains and protein and good fats. And it requires some research. It requires some effort and it requires some time. But I feel like if I'm putting in a little bit of extra money and time and effort and energy into my diet, I am preventing that energy, money, time, and discomfort in the future. My whole family has experienced this, and we don't buy store apples anymore. But when we eat apples that we have picked ourselves, they taste better, and there isn't a harmful side effect. And what's interesting, the harmful side effect that both my wife and daughter and myself, we all three experience it, if we eat an apple that is store-bought, all of our throats itch afterwards. Even if it's organic? Even if it's organic. So there's something that's in the processing. Mm. So, you know, they they put a coating on apples and it can be organic. So it's still technically quote unquote organic to help preserve them from orchard to store. And whatever that process is, it irritates all three of us. Interesting. Um, So I agreed, Kimberly, that, you know, knowing what you're eating is so important and it does require time and effort and sometimes money, but the benefits are so, so great. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for being here today. Before you leave, I have just one last question, and that is, what is your number one favorite Ayurvedic practice that you feel like you want our listeners to know about? If you could tell everyone one thing to do, what would that be? Eat high prana foods. Foods that are high in life force energy, foods that give you vitality and energy, not drain it. So those foods are fresh, in season, local or organic fruits and vegetables, grains that are not genetically modified in right quantities at right times, high quality, small amounts of high quality dairy, a little milk, ghee is clarified butter, spices that kindle the digestive system, such as cumin, coriander, fennel, turmeric, rice. These foods add to our energy, our life force energy, are good for our minds. Foods that drain your energy, try to reduce, you know, those foods are genetically modified food, microwaved foods, foods that come in a box, a can, or are frozen have less life force energy than fresh foods alcohol and foods that are highly processed in nature or very fast to purchase those highly refined foods. So really try to focus the majority of your time on fresh foods rather than the other foods make us tired. They impede the digestive system. They throw off things in the body and in the mind. And we want to reduce those. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. And everyone who's listening, you can meet with Kimberly at the Art of Living Retreat Center. And we'll tell you more about that. Um, But she is wonderful, full of so much knowledge. And again, everyone in my family met with Kimberly and it was amazing. You're amazing for bringing (laughs) your family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Garth, do you have a napkin note today? You know, I, so here's the interesting thing. 
I had a napkin note all teed up and it really doesn't apply to what our topic ended up being. And so I'm looking at this note, which I recently just wrote to Emma. So a lot of the notes that I've written, we've talked about notes that I've wrote years ago. This one I literally wrote just this well, past semester. That's okay. Share it. It is, dear Emma, you have one mind, one heart, one soul, one body. You must take care of it. I think that's totally amazing and absolutely works for oh, this. No, no, I just looked this one up. The other oh, one, I, oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I thought I was going to use oh, okay. it. I, I was well, all smarty pants. That's yeah. the perfect one. I mean, that's the, that at the end of the day, Kimberly, don't you agree? That's what we're all trying to do here is take care of our bodies and our minds and our souls and be the best versions of ourselves. And Ayurvedic is a way that we can help ourselves do that. Yes, Garth, it's perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for being here, Kimberly. We are very appreciative of your time. And we look forward to seeing you when we come in May. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. And I look forward to seeing you in May. Yeah. We can't we have wait. To have, we have to have a meal with you. We're going we're gonna to hopefully get to do that. Sounds great. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Thrive is created with the hope that we help you develop motivation and inspiration to make your life remarkable. You can find out more about me at napkinnotesdad.com. I invite you to get my free audio download, Reclaim Your Life, at crazyperfectlife.com with tips and tools to help you feel your best. It would mean so much to us if you shared this with your friends and family and left us a review on iTunes. Remember, you deserve to thrive. Thrive Podcast is copyrighted by Dara and Garth.